Good to see everybody here on Pentecost Sunday. Praise God. And you know, it's a day that was, well, it changed the life of all those 120 that were in there. You know, the sad thing is, there were about 500 that saw him ascend into heaven. And about 500 heard him tell them, go to the upper room and tarry there until you be endued with power. And, you know, only 120 made it. But that 120 turned the world upside down. I mean, God began to move in a supernatural way. And I want to just share something today with us and encourage us. You know what? Every one of us have probably been saved. Some have probably been saved longer than I've lived. But you know what? We're all part of the body of Christ. And thank God for your faithfulness and commitment to God. Amen. It's your commitment that keeps this church going. It's your faithfulness to God that keeps things going like God wants it to. But you know what? Thank God for the remnant. I'm glad you're part of the holy remnant. That remnant's got power. (laughs) And that remnant can do some great things. But there's something in, in, as a whole, not here, I'm not preaching to you, uh, and when I say this, I'm preaching to everybody that's watching my Facebook Live too, you know. But as a whole, there's a lot of people that were saved, I mean, they got sanctified, <laughs> and they got filled with the Holy Spirit, and they were on fire for God. But sad to say, and you know people in, in, in your family or your area, arena of people around you, you've known people that have slacked off. It's not that they don't love God. It's not that they don't love God. It's just that they have lost interest in the things of God. I believe God can turn their hearts around. I tell you what, I had a family of people and family, I mean personal family, immediate family, that God had, to, I mean, I, I didn't give them no hope. I'll just be honest. You know, that's the way kinfolks are, though. Oh, yeah. You know, when you see your kinfolks, <laughs> your brothers and your sisters and the life they're leading and living, and you say, dear Lord, I almost got pharisaical at one time. I said, Lord, thank you that I'm not like them. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. But I saw those same three siblings of mine. That it looked like they were rebelled to the end and there was no hope for them. My older brother became an alcoholic, staggered around, couldn't even find the keyhole in his house. And I mean, he'd go to work drunk, come home drunk. And, and it's, a, it's amazing that he didn't even lose his job at that time. But, but God... Uh, you know, was gracious and graceful to him. But the thing is, I saw him turn around just like that. When God's power and Holy Ghost power is flowing and the spirit of conviction is there, I mean, when my brother got saved, he stood up, all six foot seven of him and 350 pounds, you know, and he said, I got to give something to God tonight. I got to give myself to God. He came running down the aisle and the power of God hit him and something happened because you see, I'm going to tell you something. 
when you have had an experience with the Holy Ghost, it doesn't leave you. You leave it. And when you leave it, it's waiting for you to come back. And my brother came back. And before he backslid, he had an anointing on him to where he could, Sister Francis, he would get up and he would exhort. And 50 to 60 scriptures would flow out of him from Genesis to Revelation, all in sequence and in order. And every scripture, he would quote it word for word, chapter, book, chapter, verse, and every scripture uh, related to each scripture all the way through. And I mean the anointing of God would hit him like that. That night when he gave his heart back to the Lord, <laughs> something happened. And he got up to testify. Oh, I love those testimonies. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I, I, don't you? Listen, we're missing something. You used to have some testimonies in this place. And people giving testimonies. People wonder, who's the preacher around here, you know? Because the Holy Ghost moved in them. And my brother that night was sharing and tears streaming down his face, thanking God for another chance. And about that time, the anointing hit him, and from Genesis to Revelation, about 50, 60 scriptures just rolled out in one after the other. That anointing had not, it was still there. Glory to God. All he had to do was get it rekindled. And he had to regain the glow of the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you something. Christians, there's something that you can't hide. You can't hide. Remember when Peter was falling afar off and some of the people said, Hey, you're one of them. Your speech betrays you. He cursed. He tried to be like them. It didn't help. He's done marked. I tell you what. Hey, I got news for all of you. You're marked when you walk through that door this morning. People saw you come in this door, and I tell you what, they said, uh-oh, there goes them holy rollers again. <laughs> Amen. But I want to tell you something. God changes people's hearts, and He gives the glow back again. I want to read some scriptures in Isaiah 60. The prophet Isaiah is talking here, and he said, Rise, arise, and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and His glory will be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to, their, uh, to, to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your son shall come afar, and your daughter shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant, and your heart shall swell with joy, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you, and the wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. But the point I want to make is, he said, arise and shine. For the glory of the Lord is risen upon us. God's glory is upon us. I believe every church ought to have a vision and a mission of what they feel that God would have them to do in reaching out to this area, to our area, where we are. This is our mission field. This is where we belong. This is where God put us. This region. You know, I'd say this region, this area, Aubrey, but the region, Denton, all of these little towns around. God has raised, we can be a light unto this darkened generation. And the challenge 
that God has for us today as a church, and what God began to speak through the prophet Isaiah is, there's no time like the time we're in right now. There's no time like today for us to allow the Holy Spirit to flow through us like it did when we first received Him. There's no reason why we can't have it and see the glory of our God in the midst uh, in the midst of us as we come together and worship Him. I tell you what, I want the listen. We need the glory of God to come up on us, even when you're out at Kroger's or Walmart or wherever you go. Let God's glory be seen upon you. Let the shining of the Holy Spirit. The first one, the, the, we find two direct commands here. The first one is to arise. We have to rise up. We have to, you know, you've got to put forth an effort. <laughs> arise means to get up from where you are. And you might be feeling down in your spirit, but God said, rise. You know, the, the first thing you've got to do is make up your mind. If you're sick in bed, you can lay there and, and just be sick all the time, but you can rise. You can say, I'm going to rise up out of this bed in the name of the Lord. Because I believe God gives us that strength and that power. And the second command is shine. Arise and shine. Because the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. We're to shine. You know, if someone sees you, will they know that you're a Christian just by them being in your presence? They should be able to sense the holiness of God without self-righteousness coming through us. Amen? They should sense the glory of the Lord. They should sense the anointing and the power of God. They should sense the peace of God that we have during these chaotic times that we're living in right now. God's peace ruling our hearts. Some people, they maybe have already asked you, how do you stay so calm? When everything is just going in disarray all around us, how do you stay calm? Because our calmness is in the Lord. The peace of God that passes all understanding keeps our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Praise God. <laughs> Glory to God. Look, look what Exodus thirty four twenty nine says. You know, like Moses, people can't help but see the presence of God in a way that they say, uh, they've, that you've been with God. Look what they said about Moses. Moses, in, in uh, Exodus 20, 34, 29, I'm sorry. Moses knew not the skin of the face, of his face shone while he talked with the Lord. He, he didn't know that his face shone with the brightness of the glory of the Lord. And when he came out, they had to put a veil over his face. <laughs> The glory of God was so bright. And, uh, you know, in Acts, the fourth chapter, in the 13th verse, Peter and John. Now, remember, they were two of them that was in the upper room in Acts 2. They were there in the upper room. And they saw the boldness. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John in this third chapter, or fourth chapter, and perceived... That they were uneducated and untrained men. You see, you don't have to have a Ph.D. degree in theology to be able to let God's presence and power flow through you. <laughs> Amen? 
I'm not putting down people who's got PhDs. I got my PhD. Pray heaven down. Glory to God. I got my DD degree. I'm a devil disturber. Glory to God. <laughs> but when they saw the boldness, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, and they marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. They realized they had been with Jesus. I want to tell you something. Something's got to be different about us. I remember when I was in the eighth grade, that's when God really began to deal with me, and I really got an infilling and an influx of the Holy Spirit in my being. And I was in the eighth grade, and we were living in Fairmont, West Virginia, and I remember going to class, and we'd go to lunch across the street, and I was walking, one guy I buddied up with, and, and uh, we'd got to be good friends, and, and we, were, we were just walking along, and he said, Clarence, can I ask you a question? I said, sure, John. He said, there's something different about you today. I said, what do you mean? He said, just, there's something peaceful. There's something, your face glows. And I said, well, John, you've got to go to church with me one night. Because <laughs> that Sunday night, God moved on me in a supernatural way, and I got refilled. <laughs> I got regenerated. And uh, I didn't realize, you know, I was in the eighth grade, I didn't realize people could see the difference in a kid, but they could even notice it in whoever it is. There's no age limit or difference in God's eyes anyway. I want to tell you something. I, I've seen little children, the anointing of God come up on them and the Spirit of God, and they can move a whole congregation to move with God as the Spirit of God moved up on them. They weren't, this wasn't something that they learned or something that they had practiced. This was something when the Holy Spirit does it. God can do it. Praise God. I remember the first youth conference, one of the big, one of the first youth conferences I preached was a big one back in, down in New Orleans back in 1969, I think it was 69. And I was down in New Orleans in a, in a great big youth conference. I was speaking, one of the main speakers. And, and I mean, that place was packed. Oh, I say packed. Now, back then, three or 400 people was a big congregation. Now, four or 5,000 is a big congregation, you know. But that was a big, but most of those were smaller, younger children, teenagers. Five-year-olds, six-year-olds, eight-year-olds, 13-year-olds, 16-year-olds. Probably had a few 18, 19-year-olds. But the Spirit of God moved upon those young kids. I mean, nobody coached them. Nobody said, you got to do this. They all just came forward and put their hands up, tears streaming down their face. Their faces glowed like little angels as the Spirit and the glory of God was upon them. And they were praising God in their prayer language and glorifying the Lord in other tongues. Hallelujah! Glory to God! It's real. It's real, but we got to get that glow back. Amen? The church, isn't it amazing, was birthed on the day of Pentecost. Now, Pentecost is a festival or uh, a time that they celebrate, the Jewish people celebrate, these feasts. And all of the feasts had been done, and the Feast of Pentecost happened to be on this day, after Jesus ascended into heaven, 
And I, I, if I'm not mistaken, it is 50 days after the crucifixion, that was when the day of Pentecost happened, and 50 days. And, and then the, on, that, on that day of Pentecost, they obeyed the Lord. There was 500 that saw him ascend, but only 120 obeyed him. Yeah. See, it doesn't take the majority to see God move. It just takes somebody that will believe God. And God can move supernaturally. And God can do some supernatural things as we allow Him to do it. But 120 of them ended up in the upper room. And the Bible said they were just praising the Lord, glorifying God. You know what's amazing? Sometimes we don't know how to get in the presence of God. it's, It's not the loudness. And I'm pretty loud. But I've seen some people that just kind of are soft-spoken. And the Spirit of God just falls on them and moves on them in a special way. It's not something that you can dictate and say, this is what you got to do. You know, I've seen people run and shout when the Spirit of God hit them and they come up the front and the Spirit the power of God slam on the floor. They sit there with their hands straight in the air speaking in tongues. For 30, 40 minutes. You can't do that in the natural. (laughs) And then I've seen some people, the Spirit of God move on, they just sit there and weep. Weep in the presence of the Lord. And their whole countenance changes. It's not something that you can say this is the way it has to be done. God's looking at the heart. He's looking at the heart of that individual that's crying out to him and wants to be filled with the Spirit of the Lord. And the church was birthed that day as they were praising God. And that the Bible said, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come. <laughs> when the day of Pentecost, that was that feast day. When it had fully come, the Holy Ghost fell upon every one of them. About 120 there. There's 120 that was in the upper room. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. And there were some other women there. But Mary, the mother of Jesus, I'll tell you what, you know, uh, and, and th- you know they worship Mary now, but uh, Jesus, uh, Mary would say, don't worship me if she was here, you know, because yeah. even though she was the mother that brought, gave birth to the man-child that was conceived by the Holy Ghost, by the way, it wasn't a, another man's baby, it was God himself that did that by the Holy Ghost, and she saw that, but, you know, she said, I'm not no more special than anybody else. If she was here, she would say that to everybody. Because it's to whomsoever will. Yeah. It's to those that will believe Him and obey Him and do it. Look at Joel 2, verse 25 through 27. Now, Joel's prophesying concerning some things, concerning the end time and what God wants to do. He said, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten and the crawling locust and the chewing locust. In other words, I'll restore to you the years. How many wants to see some restoration of revival years again? I, I, I do. I want, to see, I want to see a restoration of the revival years that we've all known about and witnessed and saw. But it hasn't ceased. It hasn't stopped. What stopped is the hunger and the crying out of our hearts for the Spirit of God to come upon us. We've got to come back to that place 
And I believe on the day of Pentecost will be a good time to get it started. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can you say amen? You'll praise the name of the Lord. You'll, you'll eat plenty. In other words, he said, you'll eat in plenty and be satisfied. You'll praise the name of the Lord. You'll never be put to shame again. And you shall know that I'm in the midst of Israel. And we need to understand God's in the restoration business. He's restoring. And then every believer needs to understand the presence of God through the person of the Holy Spirit. I've seen some people that are born again. I'm not doubting their new birth experience. But boy, when the Holy Spirit begins to do some special things, they get afraid. And it's, let me put it this way, it's a natural fear because they've never been taught some of the other things. Amen? So, naturally, there's some things that you can be naturally afraid of. For how many, I don't know, maybe you was raised and born and raised, you was probably born in a Pentecostal home and raised in a Pentecostal home and, and all of that. I, I guess I wasn't born in one, but I was young enough to be, say I was almost born in one. But, uh, but there's some people that hadn't had that privilege of being born in a, not even just a Pentecostal home, a Christian home. Our children today, I'm going to tell you something. We need to pray for our young people, our young children. Because the mothers and dads that are now growing up to be mothers and dads were in, in the age where they've been instilling these dogmatic ideas into them. And it's beginning to creep up and rise up. And we're, we're seeing a lot of this. I'm telling you, I'm shocked. Well, I'm not shocked, but I'm appalled at some of the things that, that, that are being said. By I'm not talking about older folks. I'm talking about young folks. And there's a hatred for the things of God. There, there, there's, there, there's a dislike for God's word and the presence of God. I want to tell you something. America's in for a shock we need, to, we need to pray for God to get a hold of some of these young folks now and bring them in to the fold and see a transformation in their life. And God's doing that. God's doing that all over the world. We're seeing it happen. You can't judge by what you see on TV because there's a whole lot more that's out there, but they need to expose themselves as God's men and women and young people of the Lord and let's take a stand. Because you know what? We got more power than the power of the devil. Oh yeah. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't you remember some of the prophets just waved their hand and the blindness hit them all. What, what would the news media do if a prophet of God come up and just waved his hands and everybody went blind? All the protesters. So I said, well, that's far-fetched. No, it didn't. God is still in charge. The devil has not won yet. And as long as there's a remnant of God's people in this earth, guess what? We got more power than the power of the devil. Now, don't shout me down. But we've got more power than the power of the devil. We don't have to put up with the devil. I, I dislike thugs. I don't have no time for thugs and bullies. I, I don't have time for them. I, I was in Tennessee Oh, several years ago, I was preaching a revival, and, and uh, I, I was going to the mall 
to, to get something for, I always brought something home to my daughter. And I was going to the mall to try to find something for her. And I was coming out these doors, and the two, two uh, husky, they're probably in their late teens, early 20s. And, and they said, we hate you. Go! And they were blocking my way. Something rose up in me. Now, I wasn't quite as hefty as I am now. I'm, I've lost a whole lot from what I used to be. But, uh, but I was only, goodness, and I was, that was right after I first got married, I think, somewhere along there, so in the early, late 60s or something. And, and uh, I was about 130 pounds. <laughs> and I, I, you know what, though? It doesn't matter how much you weigh. The Holy Ghost in you is bigger than anything the devil's got to throw your way. And I, I just stood there in front of them and I pointed my finger at them and I said, you will move in the name of Jesus and your mouth cannot open. And they started to say something there. And the other one said, come on. And they got out of there. And my knees just shivered and shook. <laughs> what did I just do? That's what God's power, the boldness of God will come on you. Holy Ghost boldness is ours. Can you say amen? Woo! This is good preaching, Brother Clarence. (laughs) But we need to understand the presence of the Holy Spirit. The presence of God. They were in the presence of the Lord. What were they doing in the upper room in Acts, the second chapter, verses 1 through 5? They were in the upper room praising the Lord. Praising God. This was a feast. This was a Pentecostal feast that was traditional for all Jews. And these were all Jews, former Jews, that were in the upper room. They all were of the Jewish religion. There was a few Gentiles maybe, but most of them were Jews. And they were praising God and worshiping the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to tell you something. Jews are coming to Jesus Christ by the numbers. They're being filled with the Holy Spirit by the numbers. And they're going to reach other Jewish people by the numbers. Muslims are coming to Christ. Muslims are coming to Christ. There have been reports, some, I saw one report one time where one of them had a dream of Jesus, or a vision of Jesus, or something, and he got born again. Now he's preaching the gospel. Preaching the gospel. Listen, now I'm not saying that all Muslims are doing that, but listen, the gospel is for everybody. Amen. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the Jews. So for God so loved the Muslims. For God so loved the Buddhists. God so loved Americans. He loves people. But the thing is, they've got to accept what Jesus did for them and be rebirthed and born again. Glory to God. And their minds are changed, their hearts are changed, and there's a change. Y'all remember when you got changed? Oh, yeah. Amen. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's, it's real. But they were assembled together because he had commanded them not to depart, but to wait for the promise. To wait. Amen. And so... Mark 16, you know, Jesus gave some instructions before all of this took place. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He'd given those instructions before the day of Pentecost came. But Jesus, 
Now, on, but, now, this is an amazing thing. See, for 40 days, Jesus came and reappeared to the disciples, certain disciples. And he walked with them. And he, conver- he t- conversed with them. And he, he, he taught them along the way. And, and he, he began to tell them. And, and the Bible said, uh, go into all the world, he said, and preach the gospel. This is, this is before, he, uh, before the upper room experience. He was telling them what they had to do. To go into all the world. This is, this is on his way. He said, go into all the world. You're going to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Lay hands on the sick. They're going to recover. Cast out devils. Glory to God. Uh, we don't want to talk about devils no more. You know, people say, don't, we don't want to do that because you don't want to run people off, you know. I'm going to tell you what, people that's possessed and people that are oppressed and people that have demonic activity in their lives, they're crying out on the inside for somebody to be bold enough to say, I've got the solution, I've got the answer, and that's in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth right now. Victory's ours. And Jesus told them, go into all the world, preach the gospel. And then he led them as far as to Bethany. He led them as far as to Bethany. Just, that's the only, just, he just led them as far as to Bethany. Amen? Now, you know what? I want to say something to us. God's going to, he's going to only lead you so far. It's up to us to go all the way. He'll lead us so far, but it's up to us to go all the way. <laughs> Amen? Somebody said, well, I, yeah, you got me in church, Brother Clarence, but this is about as far as I'm going to go. <laughs> That's okay. God can shake that back pew, the middle pew, the third pew, whatever. He can shake it just as good as He can up here by the altar. Because I look at it this way. We're here because we love Jesus. Amen? But He led them as far as Bethany, and then He ascended to heaven. They saw Him go out of sight into heaven. And it's our decision if we're going to go all the way. See, the convicting power of God can only bring you to a certain point. Conviction can only... I've been in services where conviction was so heavy on individuals that they would sit there and weep. I mean, they'd weep crocodile tears and groan. and They knew that the Spirit... But they refused to take the extra step. And go further. Listen. It's up to us today. How far do we want to go? How far do we want God to move in our lives? How much do we want the power of the Holy Ghost? How much do we want His direction in our lives? And when the day of Pentecost fully come. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And then Peter stood up and began to preach. In the midst of all of these people that had gathered out there. Because you know what happened? They couldn't be confined to the upper room. You know, a lot of people said, I don't mind. You know, I just don't want my neighbors to know what I do. Listen, when you walk through the door of a full gospel, Holy Ghost filled church, they already know what you're getting ready to do. (laughs) Amen? Well, I, I, I don't know. But you know what? They preached. They went outside. <laughs> they were acting like drunk people. I'm talking about the disciples up there. 120 of them. They were, that's what they... Because you know what the, the others out there were watching and mocking said? Well, it's only... What hour is this? Well, that's too early. But look at them. They're already soused, you know. <laughs> and Peter stood up 
And listen, he preached and he quoted from Joel, the second chapter. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that. He's quoting this. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass afterward that I pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And upon my men servants and head maidens will I pour out my spirit in these days. Peter was quoting from the book of Joel, the prophet Joel, and said, this is what's happened. The day of Pentecost is a real occasion, and it produced Christians. Christians. As Peter preached, he preached. 3,000 people came to the Lord Jesus and were baptized in the name of the Lord that day. 3,000. Another place on down the road, wasn't too far down the road, 5,000 were added to the church in one service. Praise God. Hey, you know, the, the traditional religious system had a problem on their hands. Because people were getting the same thing that this 120 got. <laughs> but the day of Pentecost came. Uh, my pastor, John H. Osteen, was Southern Baptist before he received the Holy Ghost. He had a lot of good friends that were Assembly of God pastors and uh, Church of God pastors. and You know, he, uh, Pentecostal pastors. He had a lot of friends. But he just never could see this Holy Ghost stuff. <laughs> Until his daughter was born with a disease in a situation where she had no muscle tone in her body. Lifeless. Doctor said there's nothing they could do for her. And Brother Osteen, in his testimony, he said, I got my Bible out. And he said, I began to read the New Testament. And he said, I wasn't looking for a Baptist Jesus. I I wasn't looking for a Pentecostal Jesus. I wasn't looking for a Nazarene Jesus. I was looking for the Bible Jesus. The Bible Jesus. And he went through the New Testament and saw where Jesus healed. He healed the sick. Those that were lame. He healed them. And I tell you what, him and his wife Dodie, they got on their knees before the Lord there. Laid their hands up on their baby. And they said, Lord, the Bible Jesus says that he's the healer. The Bible Jesus is the miracle worker. And we're doing what the Bible says. We're laying hands on our daughter, Lisa, and we're believing you for a healing. And God's power went through that baby. And she is still healthy and whole today. And a great teacher of the Word of God. And doing a great thing for God. And God has blessed her through all of these years. And then Brother Osteen saw something. He was still Baptist. Oh, my. Baptist got a healing. But then he saw something else. And he realized that the baptism of the Holy Ghost was reality. It was real. And he got, this was one, this was his famous slogan. And he would go around. He started doing citywide crusades and revivals and meetings. And uh, uh, he, he shouted, Pentecost is not a denomination, but it is experience from God for everyone. Yeah. Amen. 
You can't put four walls around what God wants to do. We've got to let the Holy Ghost loose. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let Him loose. But Pentecost is not a denomination. It's an experience from God. Thank God for it. Did you know most Pentecostal churches are filled with X, whatever else they used to be? Some of them were just old, downright sinners and got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And then you got some that were of other denominations that did not see the fullness of it because it was not taught them. And then they begin to see it and come to the knowledge of it and receive the Holy Ghost. I had a friend of mine in Baltimore, Maryland, who was a Catholic priest. A Catholic priest. And he knew the pastor that I go there and preach for. And Father Tom was his name. And Tom began to seek the Lord through the aid of the, my friend there that became friends with him. And this, this Catholic priest liked to play golf, and so did the pastor there. So they'd go play golf together, and they'd talk about the Lord and do all of these things. T- yeah, turn your event into a gospel meeting, you know. <laughs> and this, this priest began to seek the Lord. And God filled him with the Holy Ghost. He realized it wasn't through the Virgin Mary. And he realized it wasn't through all of the crossing things, you know, that they do. And we're not, we're not mimicking them. How many understand what I'm saying? But the thing is, he realized this was a real Jesus. For everybody that would put their trust and confidence in him. And he got filled with the Holy Ghost. And for several months, he started having what you call a spirit-filled service in the basement of the church. And they had more people in the basement of the church than they did in the big church. On Sundays for the sacraments and all that they do there, you know. And the Hail Marys and all whatever they do. And he did that for a while. But he did the services in the, in, in the basement. Sometimes he'd come down there, he'd have counseling sessions or whatever, and he'd have his collar on, and he'd have his robe on, you know. He'd come in there, and boy, the music gets to going, and they'd get to dancing and shouting and praising the Lord, and he'd take that collar off, and, uh, you know. Th- Listen, God moved. And you know what he did? He finally left the Catholic Church. And he found a, a beautiful woman that loved the Lord as much as he did, and they got married. And he continued to preach the gospel. Continue to preach the gospel. Nothing. Listen. You can't contain it. Amen. It's, 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 it's not a denomination, but it's an experience from God for people that will reach out and receive it. Praise God. There was a Methodist pastor in Conroe, Texas, where I pastored for about nine years. And, and he was spirit-filled. Holy Ghost-filled. Henry Alloway was his name. He, I mean, he loved God. They had miracles happening in their church. People receiving the Holy Ghost in their church, in the Methodist church. Yeah. You know? My mother was backslid. She backslid too, but thank God she came back. And she was, she'd been out dancing. She was one of those dancers. Y'all don't know anybody like that, do you? Oh, yeah. I mean, she liked to go out there and she was one of those kickers, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and she'd go out and, and but... They loved to drink. 
and she'd get soused. They'd go to this little place, there's a little 24-hour breakfast place, you know, and, and come in there. And Brother Henry Alloway, sometimes he'd, he'd, he may have been in a service in Houston or something late. He'd come in there one, it was about 1 o'clock in the morning because he'd come in from somewhere. And my mother was there with about four of her ladies. And they were just laughing and having a good time, you know. And Brother Alloway got up, he was watching them. And he got up and he walked over there and he said, ma'am, he took her hands and said, God's put so much compassion in you for the sick. God wants you to lay these hands on people and let them see the healing power of God flow. And he said, I'm going to change your heart. (laughs) God's going to change your heart. He was prophesying to her. She sobered up pretty quickly. And you know what? She quit going. She quit going to those things. She got back to the Lord. And she received a fresh infilling of the Holy Ghost. And I tell you what, God began to use her to lay hands on people. And they were healed. Glory to God. They were healed. And I tell you something. Uh, listen, God is no respecter of persons. God loves us. God loves us with an eternal love. Can you say amen? But Pentecost is real. We got to regain the glow. We need to regain the glow. Uh, listen, how long has it been since somebody come and said, something about you that's different? What is it? I don't know, you just got a glow on your face. You got a genuine smile. I'm going to tell you something. What's in you is going to show on the outside. Yes, sir. If you've got anger, it's going to show on the outside. Yes. Amen? If you've got jealousy, it'll show on the outside. If you've got the love, it'll show on the outside. If you've got Jesus, He's going to show on the outside. Because He's in us, and the Lord wants to. But we need to regain the glow. Amen. Remember when Abimelech spoke unto Abraham and said, God is with all that you do. And the heathen king was saying, Abraham, there's something different about you. <laughs> there's something different about you, Abraham. And your God guides you, preserves, and blesses you wherever you go. And Joshua, the first chapter and fifth and sixth verse, God promised Joshua that no enemy could stand against him when God's presence was with him. When the presence of God. And there shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses. So I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and be of good courage. Glory to God. See, when God's Spirit is present with us, we can be strong and courageous. We can be powerful in the things of the Lord. And, and, uh, you know, Judges 6.12, God told Gideon this. 6, 12, and 14. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. <laughs> Gideon wasn't feeling too, too tough at that time. But God sees through our weaknesses. God sees through our facade. <laughs> you know, he, he sees through all. He said, you mighty man of valor. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in, the might, in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So, God is saying, Gideon, there's something in you. See, God recognizes something in us. Our days are numbered, but God's still got some days left for us. And I want to tell you something. 
Some of you were used mightily of God in past gone years. But the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And the anointing of God doesn't fade away. The anointing is still there. The presence of God is still there. And God wants us to rise up and be what He's called us to be. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Now, there's three things that the presence of God does in a person's life. Number one, praise guarantees the presence of God is in you when you're able to praise Him. When you praise Him. God inhabits the praises of His people. God dwells and lives in the praises of His people. And secondly, God's presence is peace. God brings peace. Look at Isaiah 26.3. He said, You will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because He trusts in you. God's peace. And God's presence, number three, brings the fullness of joy. Hallelujah! God wants us to be happy people. He wants us to be joyful people. I mean, I laugh at my mistakes. I'll allow you to laugh at them too. (laughs) But joy in your presence, Psalmist David said, 1611, in your presence is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. Now, there's a lot of artificial fires. We got one over there in our fireplace. Now, I like the real fire, but I just don't like cleaning it up, you know. <laughs> so we got one of those electric fireplaces. And it'll put out a little heat, you know. But it's not like the fire heat. But, you know, there's artificial substitutes for fire. I read a story one time where a little stray kitten got in a house and... He crept into an open door. It was a real bitter cold night. And he went up and he laid beside the artificial fire. (laughs) The next morning they found him frozen to death. I want to tell you something. Churches, pastors that's watching us, listening to us, you don't need artificial fire. Get the real fire. Get the thing that will bless and minister and bring life to people. Get the real power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Ichabod has been born, meaning no glory. I don't want no glory written across my head or my tombstone or anything. I want the glory of God to be there. Because a lot of people walk in their own ways. And we're, we're headed for the day of the departed glow. Right now, churches are trying to be more relevant. And listen, I'm not against changes that benefit us. You know what I'm saying? How many knows you change in your lifestyle? How many uses a debit card now? (laughs) Cash is still good. Amen? Somebody wants to give me cash, you know, or or they say, well, I didn't bring my checkbook. I said, cash is okay. (laughs) Cash is still... But how how many knows we've had... We've changed because... Number one, a lot of the department stores and things like that, they still take... I was in a store one time during Christmas doing some Christmas shopping, and I asked a little lady, a little, little clerk there, I said, I said, do y'all still take cash? Because I had a bunch of cash on me. And she said, well, I don't know, sir. Let me get my supervisor. 
And she went over to the supervisor. And I said, dear Lord, I don't believe this is happening. It can't be happening. And she said, sir, she said, this man, do we still take cash? He said, of course we do. Take it. <laughs> Changes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> the church is nothing without God. You're nothing without God. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And he also said, you're the light of the world. The church is not just a glare, but it, 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 it's a glow. We have the glow of the Holy Ghost in our life. The Spirit's there. And now there's three things I want to just share with you briefly right here. Number one, in order to, uh, to, to maintain, to get and maintain the presence of God. Number one, we've got to seek the Lord with all of our heart. Seek God with everything within you. Want it more than anything else. I remember when I was seeking for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Did you realize? Now, I do believe the seeking time is a good uh, time for us to turn the searchlight on us. You know, when you're seeking the Lord. But yet the Holy Spirit has come. And, it, and if we open up, God can just do it just like that. Amen? But I've seen people seek, you know. My, my first wife, Carol, she was seeking the Holy Ghost when she was a teenager. And she was in church and... Some of them down there, and they're beating on the side of the altar. Turn loose, Carol! Turn loose! Then the woman say, hang on! Hang on! One say, repent! 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 Dear Lord, she wouldn't be down there if she's needing to repent. I mean, you know what I'm saying? She'd probably already repented a thousand times before she got there that night. And then some of them was trying to tell her how to do it. Just say, just say it real fast. Go, 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 go. <laughs> the Holy Ghost has distinct languages. Yes, it does. Now, there's sometimes, you hear someone give a, a tongue. Listen, I, I thought one time somebody was just kind of doing some gibberish. I went overseas to Africa, and I got to listen to them praising the Lord. And it sounded like that man that I was criticizing. God knows every language. Yes, he does. I said every language. I tell you what, you may have divers languages. You, you may have several languages that God uses you in. Or you may have one language that God is more predominant as you praise Him in tongues. But it's real. Seek the Lord with all your heart. Everything within you. Acts 17 says, They that should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after Him and find Him, though it be not far from every one of us. Thank God we can seek Him. God's not far from us. Seek the Lord. And number two, don't forget who your source of power is in His presence. You've you got to remember the secret of getting and maintaining the presence of God in your life. Seek the Lord with all your heart and realize it's His presence you're seeking. It's not just a gift. Somebody said, I had a man come up to me, a young man, preacher. He was called of God. He's, and God had moved that night in the service. And, and he come up got my hand and said, oh, Brother Clarence. Lay hands upon me. I want, I want that power gift to start operating in my life. And I just pulled my hand. I said, son, I said, what's your motive? Well, I, I want to be able to just lay hands on people. They just fall on the power. I said, why? Why do you want that to happen? What's your motive? 
I said, you know, your motive should be to seek the Lord and please Him. If God manifests Himself in any supernatural way, that's Him doing it, not you. I've seen some people get somebody by the head and they just shove them down. <laughs> you know. Let God do it. What's our motive? Motivation's important. What is our motive? See, I know Pat wants something when she gets real sweet, sweet, sweetie with me. I said, what do you want? No, I'm just joking. She'd probably hear this on the tape now. But what's our motive? You know, we've got to answer that question ourselves. What is my motive? Why do I want God's Spirit to move through me? Is it so people can say you're holy? You're anointed, great man or woman or God, or is it to please Him and to glorify Him? See, to glorify the Lord in everything that we do. And don't forget who the source of our power is. Amen? And with them, the final thing, I want, I want to, I'm going to stop here, but we need to establish a secret place with God. You need a secret place you can get along with God. You've got to have that lone time. Pat and I pray together for many things and, and, and things together. But you know what? There's nothing that will take the place of her time in the mornings that she has with her father by herself. And I have my time by myself with the father. But we also have time together in the presence of the father. But you, you, need, you need to have that secret place so God can impart some things to you. You need, to, you need to be able to get still before the Lord and let His peace keep you. <clears throat> and the joy of the Lord be your strength. Let His wisdom flow through you. I want to tell you something. We just need to regain the glow. I tell you what, wouldn't it be good if we all went down to Walmart tomorrow? And we all go in there and they say, here comes that faith assembly bunch. Look at those smiles. Hallelujah. Amen. I sure don't want them to say, well, here comes old Grumpy again. <laughs> hey, did you know it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile? <laughs> so I said, I'm so tired. Well, no wonder. <laughs> if, you, if you allow, if you allow the, the joy of the Lord to be your strength, you're going to want to not just frown, you'll want to smile. Amen. Amen. Amen? Oh, lift your hands and thank God today for the power of the Word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. I want Faith Assembly Church to be one that is, when people come in, they can sense the presence of the Lord. I want our church to be one that they can seek us out because they know we believe God for miraculous things. God's a miracle worker. He's a healer. He's a provider. And we have to just let this prayer be in us. I want us to just lift our hand up to the Lord as a prayer to Him. Oh, let Him breathe on me. Let Him breathe on me. Let the breath of God now breathe 
both hands up just like it would be a prayer. Oh, breathe on me. Oh, breathe on me. Oh, breath of God. Breathe on me. Oh, breathe on me. Oh, breathe on me, oh, breath of God, now breathe on me. Well, we're believing God for supernatural things to happen in all of our lives.